When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media, that's A-M-P-I-R-E. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see I'm joining you from the Arizona Biltmore. Well, maybe you couldn't tell it's the Biltmore, but that's where I'm at. And this is the room where press conferences will be held at the NFL owners meetings. And it's where Roger Goodell will address the media, media on Tuesday afternoon, wrapping up this situation, wrapping up the owners meetings. Now, of course, the commanders will be a topic of discussion. Here's what we know right now. Now, in talking to multiple people about this situation, they've expressed skepticism skepticism that there would be an announcement made during the owners' meetings, um, which again, and Tuesday, about who the new owner would be. Now, we know, we already knew for a long time there wasn't going to be any vote, and the owners don't have the, the desire right now to vote out Dan Snyder. So we knew that wasn't going to be, there was nothing going to be voted on this this time. The vote most likely would take place at the end of May in Minnesota. So that's what we know now. Now, again, the caveat is always here. And I've said this, been saying this for a while, is that nobody really fully knows what's going on or when it's going to happen. And as other people involved in this situation have said, it's kind of been an atypical process. So it could be that that Dan Snyder just decides, hey, boom, he's talking to someone and it's done. Don't know. But people, there are various people involved here who would have some level of an inclination of something coming. And that is not the, the vibe right now. Again, but again, as again, someone else said, the Dan Snyder, you never know. So I would just say be prepared. I still say it's a when, not an if they sell the team. I don't think there's, I don't think there's, there's, to me, there's very little doubt that it will eventually be sold. But, you know, until it is, I know why people are going to be paranoid. And until it is, until the everything is eyes dotted, T's crossed, then, you know, I think people will, again, will be paranoid. I don't think you need to be, but I understand why you would feel that way. So what's going to happen here at the owners meetings? And well, before I get to that, let me, I'm going to get to some of the football stuff in a second, but in regards to the ownership situation, I know the other big topic that people want to know about is, is where would the new stadium be? And more specifically, would it be at RFK Stadium? Now, we know that with Dan Snyder, they have no chance of getting down and and being and playing at RFK um, or getting a stadium built down there and going down there. I don't think I don't think that would happen. So the minute he leaves, there's more of a chance of that happening. However, hurdles would still remain as somebody involved in the pro- in the situation has told me. So it's not impossible, but just more hurdles because first of all, you have to get the federal government and DC to agree on the lease situation, et cetera. Then in, in, in how, with whatever the terms, then you would have an area that is definitely changed in terms of the neighborhood and more money there now than there was when, when they played back there in the night and when they left there in the nineties, 
And so in other words, there's more money to maybe organize politically and fight it politically. That could lead to some headaches. And then then it's, you know, they can't build their little city down there. They would only have a stadium. So then how is the revenue split? What is the split? And I think that's something because if you're a new owner, what you're really going to want is that money. So you're going to, you're going to get whatever you can, but you're going to want that money because you just paid 6 billion or whatever for this franchise. You're going to want to get a return on your investment. So those are some of the hurdles that still remain. Can't would, what would the split be? You know, how much would people fight? Would they be, could they be successful? And then the federal government and the, and the DC and DC coming into an agreement and the DC city council then coming, you know, uh, going, agreeing with all this. So it's still hurdles more in play. Um, but I, and I, I think Loudon would still be in play. And I think a couple of sites in Maryland would still be in play. So there you go. I just want to bring that up because I've been talking to some people about that. Now, what takes place at the owners meetings? Well, on Monday, we're going to talk to the AFC coaches. I'm going to be curious to hear about some of their thoughts on Eric Bieniemy, specifically Andy Reid. Then we're going to talk to some coaches who, listen, they passed up on Sam Howell in the draft. Some of these coaches, what did they think of them? I am curious because, you know, they sometimes you can like a couple quarterbacks. You just like one better. But what did they think of Howell? Because I, you know, I, is it important? No, but I think it's interesting, as somebody here has said before. So that those are some of the things. Then we also, the DC media will talk to Martin Mayhew on Monday afternoon, get a chance to maybe start looking ahead to the draft, um, some remaining holes that they have. I know there's a lot of positions that people want, still want to know about, linebackers specifically, because they haven't addressed it adequately for anybody's liking, right? So I think that's something that's going to be in there. Um, and I also... I think it's interesting to go through this process with all this stuff in flux, but that's been a topic that we've talked about before as well. So then on Tuesday, we will talk to Ron Rivera at the NFC coaches breakfast, which I'd say Tuesday morning, but it's Tuesday morning, Arizona time. So we'll talk to him there. And again, a lot of these topics will come up in there as well. Um, listen, I think Lamar Jackson will probably be asked about too, because as long as he's out there, a lot, a few coaches will be asked about him because it's Lamar Jackson, right? So, and even though we've known from the beginning that this team wasn't going to do it, they'll still come up. The other ones that will come up, and this was the rumor that came out, I think it was on Friday that they were shopping De'Ami Brown. Listen, man, I got a call about that. I didn't have to make a call. I got a call about that from a team, a team official who emphatically emphatically denied that they were shopping him and kind of pissed off about the fact that what, what, how did this even get out or why was this put out there? So just so you know, like that's, that's what I was told. And it's kind of unusual when somebody calls you to do that because it wasn't something I, you know, it wasn't necessarily something that you're automatically just diving into because there was no name behind the report. So but anyway, so it's it's rare when somebody calls you like that to emphatically deny it. But also keep in mind, like they are anxious to see or curious to see how he develops an Eric Bieniemy system, that West Coast style. They feel like it may be a better fit for what Brown can offer them, and in part because the slants and some of the quick game they didn't get to enough the last couple of years. Brown has not been productive, right? We know that he hasn't been that productive. He needs to be more productive. He's got the speed. He can help them more than what he's shown. Um, it's He's never going to get a ton of time here because he is playing right now because he's playing behind three really good receivers. Again, as I've always said, you, you want, if he plays more, somebody else is playing less and getting fewer targets. But they do think he can help. 
And I know the Sam Howe connection. I think that helps. But the bigger thing that I hear from people is about the system. And one of the things when he was a rookie, I remember talking to a scout on the sidelines in training camp. One of the things that he said was he couldn't wait to see Brown on slants because he felt like he could, he, that he felt like he was fearless running across the middle um, and in those, on those particular routes and, or running to the middle on those routes and would lead to some game breaking plays. We haven't seen that. We just haven't, not enough. We saw it once as a rookie and there was, and there were some big plays that he made last year. So we've seen the speed and all that, but that's one of the things so I'm, that they're curious to see. And it's why they don't want to shop them. The other thing is Curtis Samuel's contract is up after this year. You you don't want to give up a guy like Brown at this point because what if he does? What if in this system it is better for him and he is at least more productive? And then could you count on him for something down the road? If you were going to trade him, all you're going to get back at best is a low round pick, a sixth or seventh. If you're going to cut him, you do that. But if you're not going to cut him, why would you trade him for that? Thinking that maybe he could develop blossom over here if you think this system is good for him, and then the fact you would be playing with his college quarterback. So just put those to rest. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Did you know the largest ropes course in Zipline Park in the country is right here in the DMV? Located in the heart of Montgomery County, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring combines climbing and ziplining to create an aerial obstacle course unlike any other. With challenges anywhere from 10 to 75 feet in the air, there is something for all skill levels. Looking for some family time or the perfect date night before football season starts? You can even climb and zip line under the stars. Would you rather keep your feet on the ground? Give axe throwing a try. With their projector systems, you can throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME 23 dc at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC. So there you have it, folks. Climbing, ziplining, axes, food, and bonfires right in your backyard. The weather is warming up, so it's the perfect time to head outside and join the adventure at www.theadventurepark.com. That's www.theadventurepark.com and enter promo code KIME23DC. The other thing that will that will come up over the next month is that 16th pick. What should they do there? And I know a lot of you keep bringing up tight ends. I hear that a lot. That's probably the second position after linebacker that you hear about. And at 16, I think one of the things you have to always talk about, what is the value? What is the value of the pick? And it's something I've talked a lot about with my guy, Logan Paulson. I know he and Craig Hoffman talk about that on their Take Command podcast. So it's, you know, what if you've heard him, you're going to hear me right now because at 16 is the value at that position. I'm not saying you shouldn't add another tight end. That's always, you know, if you want to add weapons, that's great. And if you think you have a guy that just like, 
I know we got this guy and this guy, but man, we love this guy. Well, that's what a team does. And so you take them, right? But I don't know that you do that at 16. I know some of you brought up Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid, what they what Washington to me would need at tight end is a really good two-way guy. Because if you're going to replace Logan Thomas, you want to get a two-way tight end. And Dalton Kincaid right now going in the draft, I don't think that's his style. So, I, you know, and I think, do they have guys who can, now I think the kid could be pretty good, right? And, you know, there are guys who are two-way tight ends. I know in this draft, I know that. Um, but do you take him at 16? Um, and again, with Kincaid, you do have guys that they like, like Turner and Armani Rogers, even like Curtis Hodges a lot still. So like, those are guys they think can develop and maybe offer you some of those things. So do you need to spend the 16th pick on that? Now, the other thing is, again, the value of the position. When you look at Chris Cooley is a third round pick, all right? Obviously a big time um, standout here. But then when you look at the Pro Bowl tight ends here and the top tight ends, you know, George Kittle, fifth round pick, Travis Kelsey, third round pick, Mark Andrews, third round pick. Darren Waller was a sixth round pick. Darren Waller also, by the way, I know some of you would have said, why didn't they get him? He missed 14 games the last two years. If you're going to replace a tight end who's been bang- and been hurt the last couple of years, I don't know that you want to do it with another tight end who's been hurt the last two years. I think the guys, I mean, when the guy can play, he's really good, but 14 games combined the last two years, that's a lot. It would give me pause. Now in the draft, I'm more open to that because I think that's where you can get value. And again, looking at it after that first round, I think because I think it's also, what else do you need to address? They've looked hard at the offensive line. Their top 30 visits, offensive line dominated. Their their combine um, interviews, offensive line dominated. So that's where, to me, where you can get some really good value, whether it's guards or tackles, because I think you can still need more of those. And like some of what they've done on the offensive line, I think Gates can be solid, very solid. And I think Andrew Wiley is a legitimate starting right tackle in the league. But is that enough? I don't think so. I think you need to keep adding guys. I think you need to add some youth here. And I think they want to do that. So there's value there. Corner's another spot. I do think, and I think in looking at this draft, when you talk to people like the second round, you can get really good corners still in the second round. So just understand that linebacker, I know everybody wants one. And I would agree with you because I still think they need to address that position, not done adequately enough, but there are guys. And I'm going to get to some of these guys later over the next month, as far as like where you could, what kind of guys you might be able to find where, um, but there are going to be some good players. I think possibilities for them, after second, third round or so at that position. But again, you know, I'm with you where you say, hey, get as many weapons as you can for Sam Howell. But I think the number one thing you need to do is build a good wall in front of him. And they haven't done that. So I think they need to continue to do that. Now, again, if you get a really good two-way tight end, and it could be later in the draft, that's that's the point. It's not to ignore the position. It's to where is the value of the position. And if you're you know, looking at it, well, who's going to get the balls this year in, in the pass game? Well, you want those receivers involved. That's, those are the those are the potential playmakers. And they're not going to throw 35, 40 times a game. They want to run the ball. They want to use those receivers to make plays. So, you know, do you have to expend that kind of pick at 16? I think if you get a tackle or guard, you're good, that guy's going to play every play. And they're going to be a key contributor. Now, you can get that again as a tight end, but it's all about the value of the position. So that's it. And then we'll, I'm going to keep taking a look at this and I'm going to t- keep talking to people about this because I know a lot of people are interested in that position in particular. And so we'll, because of, because of Logan Thomas's health and because if they cut him, you can save money. I get all that. I'm not saying to not address it. It's just a matter of when and or what round or whatever you do with it. So 
there you go. More talk on that later. And shoot, maybe after talking to more people, maybe I'll kind of look at some guys differently. That's kind of where I'm at right now. And I think it's also based on talking to some people here already. I don't sense the urgency at that position the same way that you guys do. But again, not to say don't address it, but just when and do it at the right time. So there you go. Anyway, I'll be here for the next couple of days. And I'm going to wrap up the, com- the excuse me, com- the owners meetings with uh, my pal, Nikki Javala from the Washington Post on Tuesday, on Tuesday night. If anything big happens between now and then, I will certainly bring it to you. So talk to you next time. <laughs>